Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to 12 Days Pod. I'm Kara Zalaya, joined here with my co-host, partner, fiance, and the person I'm planning my Christmas wedding with, Dan Takaki. We we are having a Christmas wedding. We are having a Christmas wedding, sort In of. two Christmases from now. Maybe, if we can book the venue. <laughs> yeah, it'll be around then. If you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not so favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Dear Dan, what are we talking about this week? This week, we're talking about the sequel to a Netflix smash hit. That's right. We're taking a look back at A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding. The Royal Wedding, indeed. The sequel to A Christmas Prince, starring Rose McIver and Ben Lamb as the titular Royal Wedding and Christmas Prince, (laughs) respectively. Now, if you joined us for this episode last season, you'll know this was one of our most polarizing movies we watched, where I gave this a score of a 1, and Kara gave this a mind-boggling 10 out of 12. Yeah, I stand by that. Ludicrous. (laughs) That said, neither of us has seen this movie yet, so we had a lot of thoughts heading into it. Carol, why don't you start us off by telling us what you thought this movie would be about? I am so excited to be talking about this. So this is what I thought the movie would be about. Mm -hmm. I thought that the movie would be about Amber planning the wedding, and she'd be so overwhelmed by it and start to second-guess herself as not being cut out to be queen. Mm. sort of happens not quite i think she was always confident in herself but other people weren't yeah yeah i think that she would want to focus on her independence and writing career and not be queen as much partially true partially true we'll get into it i thought that there would be a dress and hair montage with a weird hairdo like in the princess diaries again there sort of was but it was not that big of a montage yeah it was just a dress scene Mm mm-hmm I said that the prince would be photographed with another woman and Amber would get jealous. And honestly, I'm shocked and pleased that a Christmas Prince cinematic universe rose above that. I feel like the first one was sort of about his ex-girlfriend trying to get back into good graces with him. Yeah. But yeah, not in this one. But largely, I thought it would be mostly about planning the wedding. Fair enough. How about you? What did you think this sequel masterpiece would be about? I thought some similar things. I thought it would be about the lead up to their wedding. I thought the fact that he was adopted, which Mm. we found out at the end of the first movie, would be more of a factor in this. Like Emily, the younger sister, who is not adopted, would try and make a play for the crown at some point. That didn't happen. She remained sweet and wonderful. Yeah. And also a computer hacker. We'll get into it. (laughs) Um, Potentially a criminal. It's fine. Yeah. But She's I, above the law. Crime doesn't exist for her. Yeah. But yeah, I thought she might try some shenanigans to get the crown. That didn't happen. I also thought Amber might have an ex-boyfriend that might try and break up the wedding somehow, and that there might be an ex of the prince that might try to swoop in. Neither of those things happened. Nope. And I didn't really think too much about the point of the movie was, and it turns out it's not really about the wedding at all. Like, it is a little bit, but there's a whole... There's nothing but plot. There's hosts of subplots in this. Lots of plot. We love plot. That's my favorite thing about movies. Plot. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I want to hear all my favorite things about this movie. So why don't you go ahead and tell me about every minute in this movie that was spectacular? 
I can do that. So the way I'm going to give this breakdown is sort of what happened with Richard, what happened with Amber, and then the eight other side plots that they were sort of mingled amidst throughout the movie. But this was a wild ride, and I don't think we really grasped the scope of what happened in this 90-minute movie. Uh, For a quick recap, our main characters are Amber and Richard, who are the queen and king, or soon-to-be queen and king currently. Richard's sister, Emily. Amber's dad, Rudy, who owns a diner in New York, but is in Aldovia for the majority of the movie. Do you think he's named Rudy because of Rudy Giuliani? I don't know. I don't think they really thought about that. I just thought of that. I don't think they thought about it too much because this is a wholly different actor from the first movie also. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's much less likable, I found, at least for the first half of the movie. Than Rudy Giuliani? No, than the... (laughs) Than the dad from the first movie. Why would I think he's more likable or less likable than Rudy Giuliani? I don't know. That's why I had the reaction I had. Anyway, yeah. So the dad was recast. So Rudy Giuliani's her dad. Rudy Giuliani is far from this movie. Criminal Rudy Giuliani. Well, there is a Rudy Giuliani criminal type character in this movie that we'll get into. Oh, yeah. Go what on. do you mean, oh, yeah? That's the crux of the movie. Uh, Queen Helena. Richard's mother, and then there's a whole host of side characters that we'll get into. To get into the meat of it, first off, this movie takes place a year after the first movie. Amber has been back in New York and back and forth between New York and Aldovia. You know, I didn't double check that it's called Aldovia, but we're going to go with Aldovia, not Aldonia. But now that I'm saying Aldonia, I don't know. We're going we're gonna to go with Aldovia, and it might be Aldonia. <laughs> You don't know the name? You don't know the name of the kingdom from A Christmas Prince? This is our second time watching this movie. Ah, it's okay. Do you know it? No. I bet you didn't even know her name was Amber. I... (laughs) Yeah, I didn't. You got me there. Back in Aldovia, Richard is trying to implement a new way of ruling to, quote, bring Aldovia into the 21st century. And... To get rid of the traditional ways of their kingdom. What does that mean? Who knows? Infrastructure. (laughs) It's infrastructure week. It's infrastructure week, baby. This has not been going well because it's supposed to be bringing in a lot of money into the country. But for some reason, which we'll find out later, the country has been bleeding money and people are losing jobs and everyone hates the plan. Yeah. Richard's whole deal this movie is he's in meetings trying to figure out what's going on and he's doing very poorly at that. That's that's all we get from him in this movie is he's just kind of incompetent and not really good at what he's doing. I think that the producers of this movie really leaned into like a balding Prince William when William was still hot motif mm, for him. Interesting. Yeah. He's not balding in this. Not yet. Not yet. You're but right. You see though. the hint of it. Yeah. Again, for folks at home, he does look strikingly like Mike Birbiglia. He does. It's very confusing. He's like a British Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. It's kind of, he's hot. Uh, yeah, he's hot. Because he reminds me of Mike Birbiglia, and I love Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. <laughs> he's not like Prince Charming hot, but like. No, but he's like. Yeah. You know, you move to New York, you date one guy who does improv, and you're like, yeah, okay, I've done, I've done my, my quota. Yeah. Anyway, that's pretty much all I'm going to talk about in regards to King Richard in this movie. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Amber is working with the queen along with her aide, Mrs. Averill, and a very flamboyant wedding planner named Sahil to plan their wedding. Basically, the deal with this is that Amber wants to have it be her and Richard's wedding in order to be fun and memorable and have, like, meaning. 
And Mrs. Averill, the aide, wants it to remain very traditional and filled with Aldovian customs. Boo, racist. And uh, Sahil is sort of on Mrs. Averill's side, but also having Amber wear very absurd and ridiculous outfits and put up ridiculous decorations, you know, because jokes. Yeah, comedy. And uh, for some reason, that's part of Aldovian tradition. And those are kind of the main points of the movie is Amber's doing the wedding. Richard's doing the governing. Sure. But now I'm just going to list off all of the other things that are going on and how this all sort of weaves together but doesn't really i will keep a tally of the subplots go ahead i do have a bulleted list so we can we can add up at the end all right first off simon is back simon is edward's cousin and the main villain from the first movie and he's trying to make amends but also he's being kind of coy about his intentions he might be playing a game of simon says (laughs) makes no sense (laughs) It'll be the name of the episode, though. <laughs> I yeah. got you. I got you. He, at one point, tells Richard to invest the country's money into cryptocurrency. Listen, we all did that for a summer. It was and then we read any book. It was 2018 or 2017. Yeah. You well, know? Who wasn't doing that for a summer? Yeah. Queen Helena and Edward ask his father's old advisor, Leopold, to come back to help Richard with the financial issues that are plaguing the country. But, spoiler alert... We find out that Leopold is actually running a shell corporation that is siphoning money out of the country to make himself rich and the country go broke to sort of like monopolize and use the changing of the crown as as a way to like make money, make money and exploit the weaknesses. This is the Rudy Giuliani character, but his name is not Rudy because that would be too on the nose. And the people know who make the cinematic masterpieces know what they're doing. His name is Leopold. Leopold, nice and old. Yeah, and that's the name of the episode. <laughs> Dan hates it when I do this. He has a nice and tight script, and I'm out here just trying bits, and none of them are landing because they're not good. <laughs> every 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 side plot, you have to give me a title for the episode. Now, all right, you got it. Go plot. ahead. Let's now go. I'm in it. Anyway, so that's sort of like the like final point of the movie is them being like Leopold. You're a bad person. You're going to the dungeon, but we'll come back to that. Another side plot, number three. Amber and her two best friends, yes, her two stereotypical best friends are back. One's gay and one's black. (laughs) We did it. They're there to celebrate her wedding, but they also are there trying to figure out what's happening in the country. And they're the ones, along with the help of Simon and Emily, they're the ones who figure out that Leopold is stealing the country's money. And again, Edward is just fully kept in the dark on this because he's useless. Also, Emily, the younger sister, she's hacking into the government's money databases or something? You think she would just have access to that? She's a princess. Yeah, I feel like that's sort of how she does it too, is she has access, but it is just a lot of vague typing and there's like a matrixy like black and green screen that she's just typing into like command. Do you want to hear the title of this episode? Yeah. With friends like these, we'll catch our enemies. Wow, that's a good one. (laughs) I like that one. Another side plot. Number four. Amber's blog is being censored by Mrs. Avril because she's making too much noise as future queen mm. and uh, needs to know her place, needs to understand tradition and respect Aldovian culture. She gets reprimanded by her constantly. Basically, Mrs. Avril sucks and uh, has no redeeming qualities. The name of this episode is A Thing of the Past? <laughs> Not so fast. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> Number five, Emily 
is supposed to be putting on a Christmas play where she gets to kiss a boy that she likes, but it gets canceled because of a union strike. Unionize. But then it ends up happening anyway because Amber makes it happen because Amber is a supportive sibling or sibling-in-law. You know, when this subplot was happening, I am proud to be a union person. I am in a union. I was like, Netflix better play this cool because you cannot be anti-union. All of your actors are union. And what they did is they just disintegrated this plot point and it just sort of faded. (laughs) Yeah. They did nothing with it. They were like, if the unions can't help us, our ununionized labor of the castle can help us. That's basically what happened. Yeah. And then the families came and watched the play and she got to kiss the boy. The name of that episode is Workers of the Kingdom Unite. Sure. <laughs> I feel like I could have done that one better. Yeah, it's my okay. Luster. You missed the window. Wow. Um, Rough. The next one, number six, Rudy, Amber's dad, is supposed to be... Union and Unities. Sorry. <laughs> wow. All right. Unions and Unities. There we go. <laughs> Rudy is supposed to be helping the, the palace chef. Not Leopold. Not Leopold. No. Stop, stop <laughs> conflating these two. His name's just Rudy. You know, it's it's interesting that Rudy Giuliani is the person you think of as Rudy because I think of Sean Astin as Rudy. Yeah, because you're a boy and I'm a New Yorker. We've been through this. We've established where our characters lie on this. <laughs> I, no, I understand. But you just don't hear me yelling Sean Astin every time I hear the name Rudy. Yeah, because I'm the one who does the bits. <laughs> yes, that's, that, is, that, is my, that is my lot in life is to be partner to the one who does the bits. Anyway. Rudy is supposed to be helping the palace chef, but the palace chef doesn't like him at first. Mm -hmm. She thinks he's obnoxious and snooty and American. Maybe not snooty, but she's snooty and thinks he's incompetent. He's American. (laughs) He's American. (laughs) She's snooty. He's He's American. American. And together, they are chefs. (laughs) Chefs. Oh, okay. (laughs) But then, through the power of montages and cookie baking, she realizes that he is both a good cook, and I guess nice. Yeah. They don't fall in love, but I imagine that that will happen in the third movie because I feel like they were trying to set something up there. Yeah, I thought so too. And they just, again, never returned to it. Yeah. Maybe they forgot. There's too many things going on. <laughs> what number are we on? Seven? I, I don't know. Another thing that happens in the movie <laughs> is that Amber and Edward go into the woods to try and find a Christmas tree. And do you remember this? There's the scene where they are walking around oh, looking at the Christmas yeah. trees. And the way it's edited <laughs> is like they're walking in a straight line through a series of trees. But like they keep jump, like, jump cutting jump cutting to like the next portion of the scene. But it is like the scene itself only takes like 30 seconds. And so there's like eight cuts of them walking in a straight line looking at trees. The thing too is that the jump cut happens and... Like, the jump cut would not have saved a lot of time because it is like they are jump cutting between two feet, basically. Right. It's wild. And all they're saying in each one is Amber being like, no, not this one. Oh, this one's not the right. Mm, not quite. It's a, It was a strange choice that, yeah. that really, really threw us because there's no other editing things like that in the movie. Yeah. Trees and tidings. Trees and tidings. But yeah, so they get they get the tree, and then Mrs. Averill won't let him decorate it the way Amber wants to. <laughs> the last little side plot thing that happens is Amber and Edward get into a fight because... Nope. Yes. No? Who's Edward? Have I been saying Edward? I literally wrote Edward. All right. I'm going to go back. Every time I've said Edward, I just... I mean Richard. <laughs> 
I feel like... Did you write Amber and Edward because you were thinking of my brother, Andrew Edward? I might... No, because his name's Richard. I don't know where Edward... I did I did wonder who Edward was a couple of minutes ago, but I just wrote it out. Can I just say, I in this bullet point, what I wrote is I said, Amber and Edward get into a fight because Richard sides with Mrs. Averill when they're arguing about tradition versus modernizing the role of the queen and their wedding and traditions. So I... Richard was somewhere in my mind, so I don't know who Edward is. Yeah. Every time I've said Edward this episode, I meant Richard. We all got We it. all know who we're talking about it's here. Stuffy old name. Mike Birbiglia. Yeah. So the movie ends with the wedding, Leopold getting thrown into the dungeon, Richard promising to make sure everyone gets their jobs and money back. The dad becomes an earl somehow, I guess. Another name. Yeah. Simon regains his countship and Amber gets to keep blogging. I love that. And that's that's the movie. Yeah, Simon gets a redemption arc. It's cool. Yeah. He he does actually help and isn't isn't weird. Simon did say. Simon did say. Anyway, that's the movie. I didn't like it. What are your notes? <laughs> so I think that this is a worthy sequel to Oh, I agree. It's a worthy incredible. It is it earns everything that it did from the first movie. Yeah. Movie. I honestly think they had better chemistry in this movie. Mm-hmm. I think that the plot because it is so much it's like a like a pollock painting you know like there's just like a lot going on yeah and i can see how it's not everyone's cup of tea mm-hmm. but as a fan of chaos i really enjoyed it sure i will say when we first started watching it we watched it in two parts because i don't have the attention span to really sit down or the time uh for a full 90 minutes and right. so I was not enjoying the first sit down of the movie. And then the second part kicked in and I was all in. Yeah. Like halfway through act two, I was like, hell yeah, this is my shit. The first half of the movie is very heavily handed of like, remember what happened last time? (laughs) Yeah. Also, they did a lot of Amber's dad's acting in the first half of the movie when they were like, I don't even recognize you anymore. (laughs) And he was like, I shaved the beard. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the Emily plot points are always good. Emily's the best character in this series. Emily, as a character, adds a lot to the experience of this film. I think that the castle is very Christmassy. I would say this movie is less Christmas than the first movie. Hmm. And I would have liked a little more Christmas because everything was wedding centered because the wedding happens on Christmas. Mm-hmm. It overshadowed Christmas. Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. I think there were a couple scenes where, you know, they went they went tobogganing. Yeah. They made the cookies. The Christmas play. The Christmas play. You didn't mention the ludicrous Christmas play that it has to do with like an ogre. Oh, yeah. There's a Christmas ogre who becomes human again after he kisses the Emily. And... Who is literally a princess. Yeah. 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 I, I also couldn't tell if this was like for a school play or if this was just the thing that Emily wrote herself so she could have a play where no, she no, would kiss a No, no. This is like an boy. old Aldovian like folklore. She said that. Mm, oh, okay. Yeah. But like, I don't know if she decided to like put on the production, you know? <laughs> that's what I'm, that's what I was saying. Like, it seemed like she was like producing and directing the play. Yeah. Because she should be queen. Sure. Now, I really enjoyed this movie. I think this movie's great. I need to bring up that we immediately watched the trailer for the third and last installment of the A Christmas Prince trilogy. Yes. 
And if you have not seen the trailer for this movie, stop what you're doing right now. Park your car, whatever you're doing. Be safe out there. Get home safe. Pull up YouTube.com and Google this or YouTube this. It is Cuckoo Bananas. Mm -hmm. And I think the third movie is going to be not unlike Return of the King, the absolute best of the trilogy. Interesting. I'm not... Much You're not like, comparing it to Return of the King? <gasps> it is Return of the King, because Richard will fully be king then. Richard has been king since the first movie. <laughs> he was literally, the whole point of the first movie was him doing the coronation at the end of the movie. He's been king since the end of the first movie. We should not be calling right, these movies. but now he finally has a queen by his side. The return, once again, of the king. Right. No, what I was going to say, I will not allow myself... To hear you talk about how Return of the King is the best of the Lord of the Rings movies. <gasps> We've never talked about this. Wait, what? Two Towers is. How did I not know this about you? Yeah, Two Towers is the best one. We've watched Lord of the Rings together several times. I know. You think Two Towers is the best one? I mean, they're all good. They're all incredible. I don't have anything... Hmm. <laughs> we'll circle back to this. We don't have to. I'm just saying... <laughs> It's not like where I'm like, oh, the third one's terrible. I'm like, no, I really like, I really like Return of the King. I don't have like a, like a hate for the third one. I really love the third one. I think as a trilogy, it's it's a it's a perfect trilogy. It's because Helm's Deep really does hit. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, because you were like me, friendless in middle school, just watching the extra features of that Two Towers extended edition over hey, and over. Did you again. know that when he kicks the helmet, <laughs> he breaks his toe, and that scream is him. <laughs> Breaking his toe, not the agony of Aragorn himself. If you're listening to this podcast right now and you've been able to follow all of this. You're going to get an invite to the wedding. Yeah, you're getting an invite to the wedding. We've talked about it. We've been like, so which of our 12 Days Pod listeners are getting invited to the wedding? Let me tell you, it's more than one. It's more than one. So peep for that. (laughs) So those are my notes. How about you? Uh, You know, I liked it better than the first one. Because like I said in our preview episode, I knew what to expect. Mm -hmm. That said, oh boy, the dialogue is so cringy. Oh, it is. The the writing is so hard to swallow in this. Mm -hmm. And it's it's tough. I'm not going to lie. And I think the thing that kills me too is the music that they play. Like every bit has like a little bit of like a soundtrack or like thing to be like (laughs) or like you didn't bring up the fact that they continue to bring up the recurring theme of people playing christmas songs on piano poorly oh my god yeah it happened there, like five times there were several scenes in this movie where it was richard just richard or emily or a character we didn't mention there's a character in this movie that is kind of like the joe character from the princess diaries movies that is sort of like oh yes he's like the assistant he's amber's handler essentially he drives yeah. her around and like make sure that she's all good but he plays the piano at one point with Emily. Poorly. a lot of people playing piano other thing too many characters mm-hmm. there's so many characters in this and by the looks of the third movie in the trailer none of them are going anywhere yeah like even the wedding planner is in the third one because he's now dating the stereotypical gay best friend yeah yeah they just keep adding on characters like Mm -hmm. nobody gets written out like simon who is you know the bad guy at the end of the first movie is now an ally in this movie which you know i liked a little bit you know yeah the cast they say more is more strength in numbers yeah (laughs) any other thoughts i just wrote christ this movie (laughs) 
I think that means you're ready for some fun facts. I would love to hear some fun facts. It was because of the unexpected success and cult status of the first film, A Christmas Prince, that Netflix decided to not only film a sequel, but release a slew of similar Christmas-themed romantic comedies. Oh, was Vanessa Hudgens inspired because of this? Yes. Incredible. So now you have to love this movie. Nah, I can give it credit where credit is due, but that doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, fine. So the screenwriters decided to playfully acknowledge the recasting of Amber's father by way of Princess Emily's line, telling him that he looks different from how he seemed in Amber's pictures. Oh. And one of the first lines was even, I feel like a brand new person. (laughs) Most of the film was filmed in Romania. (laughs) Sorry. That's a fun fact. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I think that was a fun fact from last time. (laughs) When Rudy... First meets Mrs. Avril, he shakes her hand and comments about her strong grip. Sarah Douglas, who is Mrs. Avril, mm-hmm. played Ursa in Superman 2 and crushes the hand of Lex Luthor during their first meeting, causing Luthor to comment about her grip. Oh, well, that's kind of fun. Classic cinema. And what is Superman 2? A sequel. This, I think, is very timely because sure. we are in... A period of mourning because Queen Elizabeth has died. I don't know who this we is. <laughs> no, I'm certainly not. But the people of the United Kingdom, some might be in sure. the period of mourning. Sure. There are many similarities between this film and the real life romance of Prince Harry of England and American actress Meghan Markle. Hmm. I guess so. <laughs> Both Amber and Meghan had lifestyle blogs. Their wedding dresses and hairstyle were very similar, Mm. and both break royal protocol by showing PDA and spending Christmas with the royal family before marriage. Oh. Mm. Love breaking protocol. We love that. When Prince Richard and Amber are in makeup for the photo, there's a painting of Empress Elizabeth of Austria in the background behind Prince Richard. Mm. Elizabeth's husband, Emperor Franz Joseph I, was a guest of honor at Palais Castle, the location of the film, in October of 1896. (laughs) I can look in your eyes right now, and I can see sweet 16-year-old Danny T disassociating in history class, being like, I could not care less about these fucking European royals. (laughs) And then the last fun fact is the one everyone's been waiting for. Yes. Why was the dad recast? Why? Please tell me. I've been dying to know. I know you've been dying to know. It's really... I had to go into the depths of the internet to find out. As for why a replacement was brought in, we can assume scheduling conflicts were to blame. (laughs) I hope you didn't even look that up and you just wrote that. I hope that you just wrote... But I hope you wrote it from the perspective of, like, some website somewhere. As someone who does have a press pass, because I am technically a journalist, I decide to do a no comment. Um, Neither Netflix nor anyone else involved with the film has given an official reason for the casting change. Hmm. And those are my fun facts. I loved the one about Romania. (laughs) Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how many days of Christmas is 
A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding for you, Kara. I am going to give this cinematic experience ten drummers drumming. Again? (laughs) Yeah. Ten again. I think it's great. I think it's an excellent film. Wow. I enjoyed the last 45 minutes of it a lot. And I can pretend I enjoyed the first 45 minutes a lot. Wow. Wow. Ten again. We love it. How about you, my betrothed? (laughs) I can't say that word, guys. (laughs) We've been through this. It's fine. I'm not from here. How many days of Christmas would you give a Christmas prince the royal wedding? I'm going to double my score from last time and give it two turtle doves. Wow. It was, I love turtles. It was twice. I love doves. It was twice as good as the first one. That's good. Yeah. Two turtle doves. It's incredible. I'm I, so proud of you. I, I found the chemistry slightly better. Guys, he's going to love the third one. Oh, the third one? Maybe maybe that one will be even even better. I think you need to lean in. I do lean in. You're not yes-anding this, this trilogy. <laughs> The fact that I didn't remember his name <laughs> and the fact that you didn't realize that I did either. For I was, I was thinking about something else. Two thirds <laughs> about the bits that you could interject. Yeah, you gave me an assignment to keep me entertained so you could do your lines. <laughs> and it didn't even work. Anyway, this is a two out of 12 for me. <laughs> awesome. I'm happy with that. Yeah. Oh, man. Thank you so much for listening to our season three kickoff. We are only 72 days away from Christmas, and we hope to spread as much Christmas spirit as possible. So please share this with your friends if they're not already listening. Yeah, go ahead and and hit that button that says share and like throw it up on Twitter. Just see what happens. Throw us a rating. Why not? Yeah, give us a little like. Yeah. You know. Why not? Why not? Yeah. 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 Join us next week as we take a look back at a more recent film that we know is much better than this one, The Happiest Season. Oh, yeah. I was about to get mad. And then I was like, no, this is a good movie. It's going to be a fun time. We're going to love it. Yeah, we've we've both seen this, but it's it's good. We're going to have a fun time watching it and talking about it. And as we say every episode, Merry Merry Christmas. Christmas.